Kia ora, welcome to episode one of the Always Loved podcast. Uh, my name is Sharan Atoi. Um, I'm 21 years old, just the average Joe blog. Um, thought um, starting a podcast would be a cool thing to do. Um, just a little bit about me. I was born in um, Taranaki, uh, just running an absolute muck growing up on a farm. My parents run a dairy farm. Uh, I've got an older sister, Renee, um, and we lived um, pretty rurally and it was the best way to grow up. Uh, absolutely loved it. So I went to school um, at a place called Overall Primary School. Um, I think there was about 150 students there. Um, it was just outside every day. Um, grew up loving sports, um, any sport that was me. Um, so I went to Overall Primary for six years. Oh, actually, no, I didn't. Sorry, I went to Overall Primary for five years. Um, I then went to a school out in Rahudu, um, around the coast a little bit more, um, on the west coast uh, for a year, and then went back to Overall for one year. Um, and then I spent two years at Harwater Intermediate, which is about um, the, the nearest town, um, 20 minutes inland towards... Oh, going towards Palms North uh, in Wellington. Um, I spent two years there. Probably some of the best moments um, and best memories of my life. Um, met some of my best friends there. Um, after that, I moved down to Palmerston North. Um, I went to a school called Tutor for Year 9 and Year 10. Um, it was a pretty big move for me. Um, boarding school straight out of Year 9, um, but I had no regrets. It was so good. Um, I mentioned I've got an older sister, Renee. She was down there. She attended the school as well. If you haven't heard of it... Um, it's a pretty cool school and it's got a pretty cool um, meaning behind it. It's uh, it's it's different. Um, we used to do things by correspondence and stuff like that. Um, you weren't a mainstream school, so we would get to school at 7am, would all train, um, exercise and whatnot. Um, we'd have breakfast at like 9, 9.30, we'd have a briefing, we'd sing um, songs and stuff like that and then would um, go into classes. Uh, they were called study blocks back then, and we only had three of them. They're like three two-hour blocks, so we pretty much did schoolwork for six hours and then trained for the rest of the day. Um, such a cool way to meet new people, um, and, and obviously you, you're with everyone every day, and you're training with them, and you're building all these cool relationships with them. Um, it, it's since um, they're split into two schools now. So if you've heard of Manukura as well, they run a similar kind of setup, um, but met some awesome people there uh, and there's been some pretty successful people come out of there as well um, after that I was uh, lucky enough to uh, go to King's College in Auckland for years 11, 12 and 13 um, again some of the best moments of my life man um, it was a completely different world to what I was used to I always say it to everyone that I um, that asked me about it but before I went to King's like, I'd never been on a plane before I'd never been on a train um, just had no idea about um, like lifestyle in a big city and a big metro like that, and I bought into it straight away. Like I've, I remember walking into the gates um, of King. Oh, sorry, driving through the gates first time, and I see this massive flash ass house, and I'm like, "Fuck, that must be like the hall or or something." But it was like one of the six boarding houses that I've got there, and it was fucking like flasher than any house that I'd ever seen. And you keep going, and there's this um, this athletics track, like a brand new, pretty much state of the art athletics track. Um, 
it was just cool, man. Like people live a, a completely different lifestyle, and it's something that I bought into, and, and I loved every minute. Um, again, met some of my best mates who I don't keep in touch with, um, and uh, I should. Um, and it's yeah. If, if you're listening, and um, we spend a bit of time at Kings together, um, I apologise for not not keeping in touch um, I'll be sure to either catch up with you guys or flick you guys a message now um, had some of my best memories with those boys and um, I've kind of gone off the radar a bit um, obviously we all go our own separate ways after school and and whatnot. but they played a big part in um, me growing into who I am today and I've learned a lot from them um, and they don't know that so um, spent three years there and then uh, met some awesome people. I then went down to. Um, I lived in Hamilton for two years after that, so I think 20. I graduated school in 2016. 2017, 2018, I went to um, Waikato University. Uh, um, lived in Hamilton, 69 Tramway Road, um, uh, with a bunch of other footy boys. Um, some unreal memories there, man. I don't know how we all did it, but I'd never. I would. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Um, made some awesome memories at uni I studied um, sport health and human performance in Māori it's pretty much a fancy name for sport or recreation um, in Māori I think I did maybe out of the two years I did maybe I was sorry I was enrolled in maybe six papers and I think I passed maybe two or three of them and the rest I either didn't submit or I just failed um it wasn't really for me. Uh, the people that I was kind of in class with, I didn't really vibe with. I'm not really one to sit and listen to um, a lecture for two or three hours at a time. Um, I like being outside. I like doing stuff. Um, and what I was learning wasn't really what I was genuinely wanting to learn. Um, so I spent two years there um, and then made my way back to the Naki. Um in the interim I met my partner Laura um, who's studying in Auckland at the moment um, I'll do a different episode on all the other stuff that's gone in between that but in the interim I've been um, throughout all those years I've been playing a little bit of footy um, and I've since um, I've since applied for police college and uh, I'm, a, I'm a police officer down in um, South Tanaki Haura so it's been it's been a long journey um, and it's been a good one. I've learned a lot. Um, I've met a lot of cool people um, with a whole different bunch of journeys, which is what I'm keen to, um, I guess, bring on this podcast and and just let people speak. Um, I know speaking in general is one of the best ways or best coping mechanisms for people who are struggling, uh, and that's mm. what this podcast is about as well. Um, this is just for this is more of a hobby it's a leisure activity and it's something that I'm really keen to do so I've been renowned in the past to start projects and to maybe do them half pie so um, I was listening to one of my mates podcasts the other day uh, I think I think the theme was shoot your shot and just do it um, so I just thought fuck it um, we'll, we'll do it so um, like I said I played a bit of rugby so I grew up playing soccer, um, I don't know why, I, any sport I kind of just played, um, I ended up getting into rugby, um, and I think I just fell in love with it straight away, uh, my dad uh, was 
as any other kid, I guess, growing up, your dad's your um, your best friend and and your rugby coach and the one who gives you a smack on the ass if you fuck up. So um, that was my dad all in all in one, and um, I remember spending days and days out on the rugby field. We lived right across the road from my primary school, so I'd pretty much spend more time at school than at um than at home. Well, I just, I just used to run a muck and just kick balls and play and everything. I was just into it um, as a kid, and I started playing footy and I started kind of getting. I like I said, I just loved it so much. So I ended up training for it. I used to do athletics and stuff, which kind of helped me with my speed. But I got sloppy, so that's gone down the drain. Um, I was lucky enough to play a bit of footy down at Tutor as well. Um, they had a rugby program. I think I was there the second year that it came in, and fuck man, we had so many good players, and it was cool. Like we just trained all day, every day, and um, just made this cool ass connection off the field um, and it trans- transpired on the field so um, I ended up uh, getting a rugby scholarship to Kings um, which is why I went up there um, to play footy I was in the um, Kings first 15 for, for three seasons I remember my first year I was I was year 11 I think I was 15 and um, I was playing with um, Jonah Lowe who plays for the Hurricanes our captain was Tom Hardy and uh, you know, like all of these supporters would come out every every Saturday to support. And I was like, "What is this, man? Like, this is just ridiculous. You're playing these massive, massive boys." And I was still a kid, eh? like, had no idea what I was getting myself into. Absolutely loved it, um, and it j- just went from there. I just trained hard, worked hard, um, and a lot of my success there, which I which I think we, we could have been a lot more successful than what we were. Um, I'd put it down to the boys I was playing with as well. Um, a lot of good players I played with there, and a lot of them are still doing good things now. Um, after that, I was my last year of school. I was lucky enough to be making the New Zealand schools team. Um, fuck, we had a gun team, man, unreal. Um, a lot of those boys are playing Super Rugby now, and that was that's been that was one of my goals, if not the only goal that I wanted to do. As soon as I um, I started high school, um, I remember watching. I sure remember watching um, King's College vs Grammar. So, if you know the um, Auckland First Fifteen rugby setup, King's vs Grammar is one of the oldest um, rivalries and traditions. Um, I think in the country actually for schoolboy footy, and um, I remember watching it as a kid uh, when they when Kings came back to beat Grammar in the last minute. Um, I think Fussy, oh no, Nato Hukatai scored um, in the left in the left corner. He was. Um, he was a left-hand winger. I think he played a little bit for the Warriors and stuff like that. So I remember watching that and I was just like, fuck, that is so cool, man. Like, imagine being in that game. And I ended up playing four of them. Um, and it was just crazy, yeah, you know, like just the experience and the fans and everything like that. It was just hectic. And um, we had a lot of a lot of big players in our New Zealand schools team. Um, our coach was, we used to call him Alfie, but Jason Holland. Um, he's coach of the Hurricanes Super Rugby team at the moment. Um, very good coach, one of the best coaches I had as well. Um, at the end of that, um, or at the end of that, so obviously went down to Hamilton. Um, I was keen on making the New Zealand twenties um, as well. In the in the interim, like to get there, there's obviously a few pathways, but one of them is you got to make your um, like your Chiefs twenties, your Blues twenties, in order to be eligible, and then you got to play well for those teams as well. So. 
Um, I remember living with um, a few of the boys with the Chiefs when I first came out of school. And um, I was just there on a weekend where the Chiefs 20s had a training camp. Um, I, I hadn't been named in it. And I got a call on them the same morning. I was like, do you just want to come around for a run around? And um, I was like, oh, yeah, sweet ass, keen. Um, and I just, I was just, I just did me and did my thing. And then at the end of the, um, end of the training camp, I got named on the bench to play against, uh, to play against the Blues 20s at halfback. I've fucking never played halfback in my life. Um, and we went up to... Yeah, we went up to, I think it was um, Manuko Rovers. We played at the ground, just out by the airport there. Uh, we played the Blues, and they were giving us a thumping. And then, um, I think I went on at 10. I never ended up playing halfback at all, so I ended up going on at 10. And we scored a couple of tries and stuff, but we ended up losing. Um, and, and for some reason, um, I ended up starting, starting 10 for that team for a few other games. I think we played... Um, a Hurricanes development side um, and for New Zealand 20s trials. Um, I didn't get named for that camp, which was fine. Um, I knew I had another year in me, but obviously I wanted to be there then. But I guess you got to count your blessings. So um, went to that, uh, played all right. And then one of the coaches was actually um, uh, my Taranaki coach as well from Wider 10. And uh, he, I remember finishing uni like one of the classes I think I went to one of the a class that I had to go to, and that's the only reason why I went at uni. And I got this phone call as I walked out, and I was like, I, I, "The number wasn't saved on my phone." I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And he ended up being my Taranaki coach, who was also New Zealand Twenties coach. And he goes, um, "You've been playing real well. We're keen to take you on a, um, on the Oceania trip." And I was like, "What the fuck?" Like it just like all of a sudden I was like being um, the reserve player um, on a team that I wasn't even meant to be in and then I was in the New Zealand 20s team on a flight to Australia. It was, it was just a, um, a, a crazy, a crazy process I guess. Um, and it happened real fast and I was real grateful to be there. I was, I was kind of just, I kept biting, my, biting myself. I was like, what the hell's going on? I just couldn't believe it. Um, and that team was, that, that team was unbelievable, man. We had some absolute guns in that side and, um, so we went over there and we played um, Samoa, Australia, and Fiji. Um, and we ended up um, we ended up winning winning pretty convincingly. We had a, we had a pretty good team. If I um, if I name dropped a few of the boys, whoever's listening, I'll be like, holy shit, that's a mean team. Um, the World Cup at that, at, um, at the end of the year for that team there was um, in Georgia, and it was the first ever the first ever um, rugby World Cup in that part of the world and um, unfortunately I didn't quite make the squad um, but the boys did real well over there and um, they ended up taking it out which was awesome. Um, it was real good to get an insight into that kind of environment and that level of rugby and it just made me want to be there um, even more the next year so um, I went back to Hamilton um, played a little bit of club footy for um, Hotapu, Hotapu Rugby um, Football Club that's out in Cambridge. Um, again, we had some unreal players um, in that team as well. And we had a great bunch of lads. Um, enjoyed my time there as well. And then 
we, uh, myself, Brad Slater, Tom Florence, and uh, at the time there was another boy with us from Australia, Matt Orshaw, we, we ended up coming back to Taranaki to play um, under-19s uh, for the Jock Hobbs tournament. Um, and a few of us also managed to play, um, make our Māori 10 debuts um, for Taranaki, which was a pretty cool experience in itself. So um, it was pretty... It was a pretty cool year. Um, it definitely didn't go the way I planned it, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't take anything back. Um, again, I remember I think my first year out of school. I was a fully contract member of the Tabernaki team, and I remember there was like Seth Tamani Balu, Charlie Natai, Marty McKenzie, Angus Tavella, all these big names, um, people that I'd grew up watching winning the Ranfilly Shield for Taranaki like five, six years ago and I'm rubbing shoulder with these guys and I remember we had like a WhatsApp group on our um, on our phone and I remember I was talking to um, Tom Florence, T-Flow and I was like, bro, look at all these guys in our chat and I was like saving their numbers on my phone like, fuck, I've got Charlie Nato's number on my phone, Seth Tamani Valu's number on my phone. These guys are all All Blacks and stuff, you know, and like they're calling, they're calling us bro and like giving us nicknames and shit. And this is like, what the fuck's going on? We're still, we're still kids, man. We're still wet behind the ears. So, um, real, real, um, I, would, I guess daunting would probably be the, the best word, but once you realise that they're just people as well and, and they're keen to, um, they came to spin a yarn, they just make you feel welcome and you just go from there and it just builds on the field. Um, we had an unreal team that year. We ended up um, going down to Christchurch. I wasn't on the team for that team, but um, they ended up going down to Christchurch and getting around fairly shield off, um, off Canterbury, which was an unreal game. Um, I think Manasa, Manasa um, sealed the deal um, with about a 50 metre try. Um, shout out to Manasa if he's, if, if he's listening. But... Um, we ended up, I think we lost to Tasman in the in a home semi-final, um, but just real successful, real good bunch of lads, and um, I'd wanted to play for uh, my home province um, for a long time, so I was real grateful to be able to do that. I think I made my debut um, against Hawke's Bay. Uh, I came off the bench and played about 15, 20 minutes. Um, we played in Napier. Um, so... So at the end of that, we had another year up in um, Hamilton, but a few of us were lucky enough to um, get what's called a... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. They used to call it an ITC contract, and it's it's for people who... Um, the New Zealand 20s kind of give contracts for... A 10-week contract to train with a Super Rugby side um, in order to prepare yourself for like a March camp, for the New Zealand 20s camp. Um, early preparation, a high level of rugby, um, and I guess it just the purpose of it was just to um, kind of get yourself in the groove before getting into um, a New Zealand 20s campaign. So I was lucky enough to get one of those. I spent 10 weeks with the Chiefs um, full time. I think it was 20, end of 2018, started 2019. Um, and that was awesome too. Loved every minute of it. Um, and I was lucky enough to make the the March camp. Um, I did all right. I wasn't quite fit enough. Um, I feel like I wasn't playing the best rugby that I that I had played and that I was capable of playing. But um, it, it is what it is. And we went to Aussie. Um, I didn't get as much game time as as what I would have liked. Um, especially obviously being there the year before and wanting to make a um, make a statement that 
I was good enough to play that level and I was one of the more experienced members in the team having been there the year before and um, I took a lot of learnings from that. Um, again, I, I I didn't quite make the um, the team to go to, I think the World Cup was in Argentina that year. Yeah, Argent Argentina. Argentina. Uh, I didn't quite make that team as well. Um, so two years not uh, making the Oceania trip but not the World Cup side was a... Um, I felt like a slap in the face, but I, I got a lot of learnings from it, and it, um, it humbled me a lot as well. Um, I had to look at myself and uh, and be honest with myself. Um, I wasn't quite playing the best footy I could have, um, and I lost a lot of confidence. I lost a lot of passion for the game. Um, I saw rugby in a different light, and I um, I guess I, I didn't quite speak about it to the boys, which I which I should have, um, and, and let them know how I was feeling. More um, so because they, there was a few in, this, in a similar situation. There's quite quite a funny story. Um, if you go over to one of my good mate Carlos Price, he's um, obviously running a, a clothing business at the moment. One three eight. Shout out to them. I'll um I'll drop them in the in the bio and in, in the link. So um, I did a podcast with him, um, just general ranting and and having a good chat with him. But I've since told him to take it down because there's a few marginal stuff in there just regarding um, my current situation with, uh, with being a police officer and stuff like that so um, hopefully we can jump on and have a more uh, a more I don't know how you'd probably describe it um, obviously another podcast but um, just less detail um, and we, we kind of talked about how so in the first camp I'll, I'll take it right back to the, the very first camp that I didn't get named in um, our first year out of school, Carlos did. I was like, "Fuck, he's eat us. He's not even that good." <laughs> no. uh, so he went. He went to the camp. Um, he got named in the Oceania side, and then when I got to go to Oceania as well, like him and I, him and I were pretty close at the time. And we were like, "Yo, like just like absolutely buzzing, eh? just wide as wide as." And um, we we didn't end up going to. I think him, me, him, and someone else. I think it was Timbo Farrell. From um, Hawke's Bay, I think we got the cut uh, not to go to Jaws in the first year, and then we like to we like to each other. Yeah, sweet, that's us. We'll um, we'll try our best to make the team again, and we'll try and have a crack at the World Cup. And uh, I think him and I, like, because it was in Georgia, the time differences are real out the gate. So would um would either stay up or wake up early in the morning to see um to watch the games and to see if anyone got injured to see if we could go over. <laughs> um anyway we um we made the Oceania team the next year as well. And I guess he'd be the same but I'll let him speak for himself but both of us weren't really um in the best form. Um and I and I think he'd admit that as well. But um I guess at the end of the day, form's key, and if you're not playing the best, they're going to pick the best players. And at the time, um, that wasn't us. And I remember it just turned into a massive joke between him and I eh, that we were just we were just calling each other real shit footy players and just thinking that we're just fucking we should just retire. Oh, I don't know. That's kind of how we how we cope with it. But it was always good to have someone who was in a similar situation that you could. Um, rub shoulders with and and have a chat with as well and it was uh, even better that he's one of my good mates so um yeah so after that uh that 20s campaign I ended up um coming back down to play my 10 again um I didn't get enough oh 
I guess I, I got I got a few opportunities, um, and I felt like I I played alright, and I took some, um, but it obviously wasn't enough. I didn't quite play as as many minutes as I would have liked to. Um, again, that dropped my confidence massively. Um, I lost a lot of passion for the game, and I didn't quite know how to bounce back from it. Um, yeah, I, I got to the stage where I questioned my abilities. Um, I, I I didn't feel like I was good enough. Um, I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like my coaches thought I was good enough. And for being a being a first five, being a number ten, who you're touching the ball um, probably more times than anyone else on the field, you make the most decisions. And if you're and if you're not in a good headspace and you can't you can't make good decisions because you, you're doubting yourself, then you're fucked. Um, your team's fucked and you let everyone else down. So. Um, I felt like it was the best for me to to stop playing for a bit. Um, was, I never, I never, I could never see myself um, not playing footy, um, just because I'd I'd been around it my whole life, and it's what I kind of dedicated my life to. Um, I made a lot of sacrifices for it, um, but at the end of the day, um, that was that was my mindset. As much as I wish. Um, I could have changed that, and as much as I tried to see the good and see the positives, I that's genuinely how I felt, um, and, and and that's the decision I made was to was to not play rugby, um, and that was after my second Mighty Ten Cup season with Taranaki uh, into twenty nineteen, and I think that season um, put a lot of things in perspective for me in terms of the future. Um, I saw rugby, like I said before, in a different light. I didn't see it as being a stable income. I didn't see it as um, being enjoyable because, one, I wasn't playing how I wanted to play. I wasn't playing at all. Um, and I guess the one thing the one thing I do miss about it is just being with the boys and, and seeing the boys every day and going in and spinning a yarn and just making memories, man. Um, I... I think my first year I was playing with Ruben O'Neill. Um, he's an absolute character. Um, and my second year I was playing with um, Triple T, Team Man, Te Toiro Taurirangi. He's, um, at the time he was just getting in the frame of the ABs. Um, Boating Walker, um, Wox, absolute animal. Shout out to Wox if he's listening. And um, Shawnee Boy, Sean Wainui. Um, unreal flat, massive memories. At the time we had... Um, Regan Weirwari, shout out to the Wads if he's, if he's listening as well. Um, he pretty much lived with us because uh, no one else wanted to have him. And um, Jesse Pretty, he used to come around as well, Jape. So uh, we, met, we had some good memories. So I was pretty much the, um, the bum boy that took the piss out of me quite a bit. And that was always good to laugh. So um, I guess that's the type of stuff I miss. Um, I guess it's hard because... It's um, it was it was a hard decision to leave, but then it wasn't because I knew it was the right thing. Um, I was more worried about what the boys would think and and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it's how how I think and how I wanted to move forward um, with my life. And um, I ended up I ended up applying for um, the police force. I think it might have been October sometime. Um, and our our season finished early early October, and I think a week later I applied for the police force, and I, I guess at the time I was oh yeah it, it it would be cool, 
but I didn't really know what it would entail. Um, and all of a sudden, my whole mindset changed. It moved to a new passion. Um, I, I started to get excited about things again, and I felt like I was more in control of my life. Um, and, and that was important to me as well. Um, as I got through the, the application process and whatnot, I, I kind of developed more of a passion for it and uh, an eagerness to kind of get stuck into things. Um, when I first applied, like I said, I kind of applied because it seemed like a, a fun job. Um, but that that just grew as the time went on and the application process was cool and if, if you're thinking about joining it, um, there's you can go to www.newcops.co.nz um, obviously because of the COVID circumstances um, they're not letting in any any new applications just yet but I highly recommend it eh? like, um, obviously I think might have been 9 months 9 months yeah so it took me 9 months from the time I applied to the time I went to police college um, so for the application process, you've got to do like uh, a few physical tests. Um, you've got to do an academic standard. You've got to do medicals, uh, eye eye tests, and stuff like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you've got to do they call it scope, but it's pretty much just ride-alongs and stuff. So you've got to do like 40 hours. You go to like, you go to the, your local police station or whatnot, and you get to be in the car with um, with the cops going to jobs and stuff like that, and just see what it's all about and um, so ended up getting a police college I think in August um, and it was, it was completely different eh? like, it just happened real fast for me and um, I met I met some real good real good boys here as well um, I, I still keep in contact with quite a few of them at the moment so I made heaps of memories there as well um, and that, that could probably be a whole different podcast as uh, my policing career to date. But a lot of my good friends are, um, are police officers um, and they kind of inspired me to do the same thing. So I guess moving forward in, in terms of my career at the moment, I'm, um, I'm pretty keen on the Armed Defender Squad, the AOS, and um, being a dog handler. So I've got to get through my probationary standards and stuff and then foster a pup and whatnot and then... Um, get into training and stuff so at the moment I'm um, down in Haora, South Taranaki but uh, Laura's I mentioned earlier my partner Laura she's studying in Auckland so I've um, I've put through a, uh, a transfer report uh, to go and work in South Auckland um, it'll be a completely different change uh, new geographic layout more people more jobs uh, more opportunities um, and obviously I'll get to I'll get to live by Laura and and a lot of my mates and stuff are, are in Auckland or there thereabouts, so that's an exciting um, prospect for me as well. But um, that's something I'm really looking forward to. I guess um, I guess moving forward in terms of this always love thing. If you've been following from the start, I um, I started it before I went to police college, um, and I'll, I'll be honest, like the the main reason I started it was to do something on the side um, I I kind of thought it would be a, a cool idea um, going into police college and just trying to add value to, to things that are not just to focus my attention to something different and um, 
what I used to do is I used to go like go to op shops and shit and just buy like clothes for like two dollars or something and and um, I'd wash them and shit and I was like oh that's cool I can see someone rocking it like, I necessarily wouldn't wear it um, or like I'd get some of my old clothes and I'd tuck in I'd grab my white duvet cover chuck it in the sun and I'd take photos of it and shit chuck it on Instagram and I'd sell it for like ten dollars I'd um I'd pay for shipping um, and then I'd put all the donations uh, so I'd put I'd put most of it towards uh, New Zealand mental health and the rest I'd go and buy more clothes with um, and that was kind of the process for maybe the first couple of months and then I didn't really I didn't really see it going anywhere I, I kind of got stuck with it um, and then I didn't put as much attention in, into it as, as I wanted to and it wasn't kind of going in the direction I wanted to like I think I ended up getting maybe $150, $200 to um, New Zealand Mental Health Foundation. Um, but I, I look back on it and it wasn't going to where I wanted the money to go. So I don't know where that money's going. It could be going to, um, I don't know, boarding a new, a new building for people behind desks. You know, that's not helping people with genuine mental health issues. Um, so the, the people I kind of wanted it to direct it to was everyday people, people who may be listening to this, people who um, struggle with mental health uh, in general. Um, I know depression and anxiety, I've, I've since realised since being a cop that it's a lot more common than what I thought. Um, and when I reflect on it, I was real naive in the past to think that, oh, only a handful of people have it, fuck me, was I wrong, man? Like, um, and that's another thing, like, if you're listening to this, this is, um, and you want to tell your story, flip me a message we'll chuck you on the potty um, and you want people to listen to your story it's only going to help people um, and that's the whole purpose behind the podcast um, I've got a lot of in my 21 years I've, I've, I've seen a lot and experienced a lot and met a lot of people and, and learned a lot as well and I'm keen to share that with you guys um, and if you, were, if you were following all this love you know that it came to a, a standstill real quick <laughs> real quick um, and then I tried to start it up again I had no idea what I was doing came to another standstill um, and I think I was listening to um, the ICE Project, Isaac John, he's one of the founders of YKTR, I listened to Carlos Price's, um, my mate's podcast 138 um, and I just find heaps of value in listening to other people's stories and how they see life and stuff like that so if I can provide that to anyone um, that'd be real cool. I, I guess the main reason why, or one of the main reasons why I'm keen to start this up is podcasts for me um, take my mind off work and obviously with like with work you, you see a lot of stuff that the Joe public doesn't see, um, you tend to think about it um, a lot, um, obviously I'm, I'm not living with Laura at the moment so it's hard to kind of disengage from work um, because I don't have that like Laura to come home to um, and and for me a, a coping mechanism kind of just to not distract myself but just to take my mind elsewhere is listening to other people talk shit and it could be the shittest yarn you've ever heard but you know if, you, if someone connects with it and, and they vibe with it then fuck that's cool and that's, that's kind of how um, that's kind of how this has all come about so I have no idea what I'm doing but I don't see why why not I mean if you're thinking about making a podcast or or anything, well, I don't see why why you wouldn't do it. I mean, the more people talking about 
real shit is only going to make the world a better place, you know what I mean? So, like, if you're keen to jump on the potty, um, I'm not going to say, nah, bro. <laughs> Give me a message, man. Um, I don't care who you are. Uh, one of the boys, you never met me, you may follow me, you may follow the miso, um, whatever. Your mum, your dad, whoever's struggling with mental health, I don't know, your dog, your sister, fuck it. I, I don't really care. Um, I'm always up for a yarn and whatnot. So, look, that's kind of the whole purpose behind this. Um, I just thought I'd do um, an introduction to, to me. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stories in, in between um, those years, but if you're, keen to, um, if you're keen to hear some of those stories and keen to to get someone on the potty or, or any recommendations um just just flip me a dm so um hope you guys enjoyed listening um i'll, I'll chuck this up as soon as possible but um yeah i've done this on um, my so i've got my beats my beats plugged into my laptop and i'm doing this on voice memos no idea what i'm doing um uncle google's not doing me much good either i might um i might message my message lost to see what the go is because he seems like he's um He's got a little bit of nails about him now. He's a dumb prick. Fucking a few years ago, now that he owns a owns a clothing business, he thinks he's all savvy and whatnot. But um, that's all good. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. I'll uh, talk to you guys soon.